based on some feedback, we will be providing a short intro so you know what you're getting into with each episode. Yes. But the rules are no editing. Oh my gosh, you, my stomach went boop. When you... Dr. Johnston does not like that. Rose <laughs> is displeased. I do not like knowing that I don't have that safety button ready to edit. But we do have, I think this is a wonderful episode. Okay, we start with a few fun questions. Yes, very fun questions. Little icebreaker, little warm up. And then we really move into the differences and the similarities between managers and leaders. Talk about the tactical, more transactional piece and also the transformational piece. Mm -hmm. But the thing I think I love the most is that we've created a new category. Ooh, mm. Little teaser, yep. little Easter egg, you'll have to go see. Woohoo! And then we did a research roundup and a call to action. Yep. So listen closely. Hope you like it. Okay. We're anticipating this to be the best one yet. Sound-wise, I think so. I think we've graduated to a better sound quality at this point, yes. Are we, should we tell the listeners the ride we've been on? We have to. And then we should direct them. Four hours. We should direct them to the website and maybe post some pictures. Oh, okay. I think that would be hilarious for them to see. I mean, there's there's a visual here that they need. But we, we're, we got <laughs> ourselves here because of a pretty... We had ups and downs and Ooh. highs and lows. We recorded the first session. Great content. Sounds like it's a circus ride. Unpublishable. Unpublishable. It it has a an echo sound, like an echo chamber to it. I'm just not good. Second recording. Better. Think we can publish it. We might have a Hail Mary for the first one, but that's going to take at least two hours to figure that out. Yes, maybe, yeah, yes, I agree. And we do have the Hail Mary. We'll definitely try that because it was great content. And so now we're in a closet. We are literally in a closet. I mean, we are sitting on a floor mm -hmm. surrounded by, <laughs> surrounded by two, a two level rack of clothing, tops and jackets on the top, bottoms on the bottom on each wall yeah. <laughs> and then just shoes in baskets and and the laundry the computer is currently on three shoe boxes yes. and our mics are on what is this i think it's an ottoman yeah. trunk rectangle ottoman and we're sitting legs crossed on the floor we definitely have video of it and you must go to our website to see it. And the website, again, the website address, this is a quiz for me. JBM's already smiling. It is theproject.biglove at, no, God, gosh, wow, wow. shite. Amazing. It's okay, really amazing. let me try it again. Take two. Theproject.biglove Dot com. Great. Yeah, I did it. I did it. Go. You have to go and see the videos. Like, and we'll I'm, post some on Instagram. Yes, we will post some on Instagram in the closet. Just just gave you a good good wave there. 
We are going to have to, there's no air conditioning in this closet. No. It's 102 outside. Yes. So after we record this, we'll take a break. We will, we have an, an ice dunk little, one of those blow up inflatable ice oh. dunk tubs. We'll get that ready. Oh my. We're going to need it. Okay. So here we go. I'm going to ask you some questions. I love it. Okay, great. Would you rather? <laughs> unrelated to leadership. Okay. Would you rather be a bird or a fish? Ooh. Fish. Okay. That's a boring one. Everybody <laughs> asks that. That was a dumb question. <laughs> I liked it. Would you rather have the hiccups for the rest of your life or always feel like you're about to sneeze but never actually sneeze? Oh, the hiccups. I'd, I'd take the hiccups, the hiccups over the sneeze. Oh, the sneeze. That's excruciatingly uncomfortable. Would you rather speak in rhyme all the time or communicate only through interpretive dance for a day? <gasps> interpretive dance for a day. That would be so fun. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. Okay, one last one. Would you rather have a rewind button for life or a fast forward? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's so hard. I was thinking rewind for a second because there are so many people I miss that I'd want to see. But then I was thinking fast forward because maybe you could skip to the good part kind of thing. Skip so, to the good part. Ooh, how about you? That's a tough one. Well, I always want to know what's happening. Okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. So the fast forward. Yeah. I like it. Those are fun. When you watch TV, I fast forward. No. I don't. Fast forward? I don't. Not just through the commercials, but like through the storyline? Yeah. Woof. You I do really like to know what's going to happen. I don't like TV or movies that much, actually. And so then when I'm in them and I don't really... It's like, just what's going to happen? You just want the story. You want the juicy stuff. Yeah. I hear ya. Speaking of juicy stuff. Today's topic. Today's topic is juicy. We were going to talk about leadership versus management. I love it. Similarities and differences. We actually already did talk about this once today, so we're really going to try it. <laughs> so this is going to be really good. Because we've already technically practiced and lost it. This is true. Very true. Are you close enough to the mic? I think so. I'm picking up. Okay. How about on my dots? I just want to make sure it don't ruin it. Okay. I'm okay, get a so. get closer because we don't want it to ruin it. Leadership versus management. A lot of people make the claim that they're two separate things. And we're here today to talk about the similarities and the differences and how to cultivate both. Yes. And one of the things that I shared with JJ that I think is valuable is that I recently think that I've had a little bit of an epiphany that it is more challenging to cultivate the transformational leadership qualities that we need to intrinsically motivate associates when you are tasked with really managing task-oriented positions. So I'm talking non-exempt positions that have a very clear data-driven line. I'm thinking uh, call representatives, yes. service coordinators, yes. any type of situation like that and and we need them to, right? We need those managers to kind of inhibit those qualities, but it, that it's more difficult. So that's yeah. what we were sharing. Yeah, and I, I agree. I, I think what we were talking about earlier and what makes sense to me is that when you're in a situation where you're 
success of your job is so calculated on the numbers, right? And making sure that you've answered those calls or that your productivity hours are in a certain zone, that you're thinking so much about tactical stuff, like what you have to get done and how you're gonna tackle it and what that looks like, that it's, it's hard to always remember the big picture and what inspires you and what motivates you. And, and then you were kind of sharing the flip side of that or, or the converse with leaders who are operating kind of at that, at a level where you're working with other people who are working on strategy and we're not having to worry so much about hours and numbers and that kind of thing, so. And that when you have to make that flip. Yes. So generally speaking, it's been my experience when you are working at that level, you're really only having to consciously make that flip in a, in a way that's likely uncomfortable when somebody's performance is not equating to the expectation of the organization. So you have to right. make that change and it feels uncomfortable. And we were saying that it really only feels uncomfortable because it's not weaved enough naturally in those one-to-one -one experiences so that when you do need to touch on it, if somebody isn't meeting their performance requirements. So, yeah, definitely. If it, if it is something where you're not talking about it until it's a problem, that's an issue, right? And you get such distance from it as a leader that you lose your comfortability in being able to address it, that's that's an issue. So like you're saying, weaving it through and making sure that we're touching on those things constantly is gonna be advantageous. But then flipping back to the other side of, you know, a manager in a situation where you are the person who is leading the team, who is very tactical, right? Who is, is very functional, is rooted in making sure that everything is taken care of to the number and the efficiency hour and all that kind of stuff is, is a different different style that's needed and how do we move back and forth? How do we motivate in that situation? How do we motivate and how do we not become or allow the people that we support to become managers by exception, right? Where they're only stepping in where there's an issue. We should really be leading and managing in a fluid motion and then when there's an issue it's a little bit easier to address. Great. Also the terminology, the transactional and transformational and really a lot of individuals are placing management and transactional in a lump and transformational and leadership together and while that's true on kind of broader stroke terminology we would agree, We I think we both agree it's both. You need to have yes. both. Yes. And sometimes it can feel transactional please send me that document by close of business. Yep. I don't really, I, I hope you're having a good day, but forgive me, I'm not asking in this moment. It's urgent, I need it by the end of the day, right? But the idea is that you have enough of the relationship built on more of those transformational foundations that it's it's okay, right? It's okay if you're, in my opinion, if the net is transformational, but you have some transactions that just need to happen because of business. I don't know, how do you right. feel about that? No, I, I, I agree. I think that you definitely have to move between the two. I think you also have to understand why someone's coming to the job, you know, and, and really what it is that motivates them in the moment 
so that you can, in either situation, whether you are leadership, looking at you know how we're formulating these wonderful strategic initiatives, or you're working at the management level where you are very much looking at the operational piece and how we're going to get the work done and make the work happen, that you are tapping into ways that you can motivate your team that is individualized to really what motivates them. What motivates them intrinsically? Intrinsically, absolutely. What is it really that, that floats their boat? <laughs> what floats your boat? What floats my boat? I, I like knowing that I'm making a difference in someone's life. I'm very relationship driven, so mm -hmm. I like that. I like to know that, that the services or the product that I'm delivering is actually improving something. Even if it's just for a little bit of time, I, love, I would love it if it's long term, but even if it's just for a small amount of time, that that is something that brings joy or comfort or establishes something better in their lives. Well, I think that's what also motivates us on the podcast, right? Yes. When we're getting nothing quite motivates like progress and compliments and somebody's like, well, that helped. It's like, Ooh, yeah. how do we do more? Oh, would they say I used that or, oh, that's the best. It's true. It's true. Even if it's two people. Even, hey, that's a pretty high percentage looking at, you know, where we're at and beginning this thing. So. Shall we talk about some research and do a little research roundup with leadership versus Absolutely. management? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Who do you think it's from? Oh, it's got to be Harvard Business Review, right? It is. We're going to get more Yay. from other places, but they're a trusted they are source. Very, extremely trusted, well-researched, well-versed in collecting this information. I have one quick question before we move on. Do you think that we should be addressing managers as managers or we should be changing our vocabulary to leaders? Ooh, that's a good question. Because you are a little bit like the word police. I am the word police. You can be. Self-appointed, totally yeah. self-appointed. No, but. You know, I, I struggle, I do struggle with that because I think that leadership I have heard people discuss how we don't want to call managers managers. We need to call them people leaders. We need to call them leaders. And they, they are leaders. They, they are important in bringing a team together to do the work. Absolutely agree. But I also don't want to discount the fact that the tasks that they do manage the work. That's their purpose. They manage the people doing the work to be sure that they are putting in the time, that they're efficient, that they are um, getting their needs met. Whatever those needs are, be it a schedule change, be it a, a, something maybe in the service team that needs to change in their position. Just, I was thinking of like, even in a restaurant situation, right? A, a manager of a restaurant who's helping people to get their schedule, be in the right position to execute and to support the team. So it just, I think that I don't want to discount that because that is a very important skill set and a very important talent. So I don't think we have to say, oh no, they're not managers. Like manager is a bad word. I don't think manager is a bad word. I think it's the greatest word out there ever. I learned more 
from my first manager than I did in a lot of other positions. So I, I guess I go back and forth on it. Maybe, I guess maybe we should blend it, right? Like maybe it is people leaders. I don't know. What do you think? I think that we like to make up words. So why don't we just make one? I love that. <laughs> I love a it. A manager. A manager. A manager. I like that. I do think that managers have a negative connotation or when people are managers, it's almost like, I don't know. So I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're not enough in a position because oh, it no. is so valuable and you're never going to be able to, you know, as a leader, really help and create change with the vision if you don't have good data and managers are typically managing the data. Right. That's so true. That's true. You really need to take care of them and cultivate them. And I just think the epiphany that I had was that it's very, it's more challenging for them to motivate those types of positions. Absolutely. Yeah. So we should really be making sure that we're including them in our thought process as we're hopefully finding tips and tricks and we continue to get better. And I know, I wonder sometimes if the, the why of it being more difficult to motivate the, those positions is because they do their tasks very important tasks that have to be completed but they have very kind of structured parameters in which you're you're doing those tasks so it doesn't always feel like there's a lot of creativity that you can do when you're working in that position sometimes it's managers are are more focused on that entry level position where it's someone who's coming in for the first time and maybe it's not a career path for them but it's, it's paying the bills, it's getting them through school. There's definitely a reason that they're there. And those reasons should be acknowledged. If, if you're doing a job because it is A, just a job, and B, you need the money to have a life, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's, mo that's your motivation, that's wonderful. And let's talk about that. As a manager, how can I help you to get what it is you need from this job? A you need money. Okay, let's talk about maybe more hours or overtime or is there a way you can advance in the company that might make you more money or get you some experience with that college degree that you're pursuing. That kind of management or leadership style or manager, as we just coined the phrase, is going to have a very effective team and they're going to have a very cohesive workplace because their people are going to feel seen and heard and valued. And that's huge. It's, I'll get off my soapbox now. Sorry. No, I'm glad one. I attended your Ted talk. I mean, I think that it's, <laughs> it's, you're, you're still a conversation at the kitchen table. You still matter in all these individuals lives. They're spending more time at work than anywhere else. It's true. So it's still valuable to consider how you're impacting those individuals. And I do think the limitation with creativity and time. Yeah. I struggle with the confines of the time with the non-exempt exempt positions. That's the language we use at our organization, but it's much more strict. Yes. Yes. And the measure of what you accomplish in that time and how it impacts things yeah. is definitely stressful. more strict. Yes. Very stressful. Productivity. Um, yeah, and efficiency and mm -hmm, definitely that's, it's tough. That's tough. Yeah. So I just, as we're going through this process and really looking at both. And so again, all the sides of the Rubik's cube, 
the leadership, making sure that you're involving some of those conversations regarding metrics so you're not too far removed. So when you do need to step in, if there's a performance issue, it's not totally unheard of that you're discussing that kind of nitty gritty, I'll call it. And then the manager side, making sure you're infusing some of those transformational leadership qualities into those positions, even if they are data-driven, task-driven, entry-level positions. That was so good. Yes. I mean, really, I, I want to tell the listener right now, like, just run it back that last 10, 15 seconds. Like, hit that little rewind and listen to that one more time. That was good. Passionate about it. Love it. Okay, research rewind. We're headed back to the Harvard Business School, and they have some really short things that could be useful. So how is management different from leadership? Ooh. Process versus vision. Okay. Effective leadership is centered on vision, whereas managers are set out to achieve organizational goals through implementing process. Okay. Right? And so, again, these are kind of the traditional definitions. Right. And we're proposing to broaden that perspective and infuse both. So yes. by definition, that would be correct. Yes. Organizing versus aligning. Managers pursue goals through coordinated action. Leaders, on the other hand, are less focused on how to organize people. And you know, sometimes you forget, not, not that you lose all of your skills on how to organize people as you become a leader or in a position of leadership in an organization, but the more distance you have between that frontline staff and what your position is, you really have to bring in your manager into these conversations and understand what challenges they're facing and what their resources or, or how they're being spent and what they need, right? So I like the way we're talking about blending because I can see that these are a little traditional, very traditional, and I think slightly dated uh, in, in just the thinking of it, right? We, I think our our managers and our leaders are evolving to more. So keep going, I love it. And that's kind of on brand with what we're talking about with doing with the project, which is really doing it our own way, right? Right. Making some, perhaps some new language when needed. Lanager. Hashtag Lanager. Love it. Gonna be a hoodie. Oh. Once we get our branding kit. Write that down. Lanager Cheryl, hoodies. are you listening to us? That's your last name. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and the last one is position versus quality. The title manager often denotes a specific role within an organization's hierarchy, referring to someone as a leader with a more fluid meaning. Manager is a title. Leadership is a quality that needs to be shaped. So again, I think what I'm seeing is we need a LinkedIn article. I agree. Lanager. Lanager. And it's expected, you know, it's expected now that if you want a high-performing team that your manager is going to be creating inspiration and connection and all of those things and we're not pouring enough into that position to give them ideas and skills and micro learning opportunities and just those little nuggets that you just that just make all the difference in the world in how you are working with your group and how your group is coming together. I also think we should do an episode for admin staff. Ooh, they need yes. a special name too because they may not be leading people, but people are following them because if we didn't have them, project managers, all of that. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh yes, they're amazing. 
Yes, we will do that one too. We will okay. do that one. Now it's time for the call to action. Okay. Our call to action. I think we had, if I remember correctly, there's a great question that you have given that I that we were thinking can lead to a conversation about kind of what motivates you. So if I'm if I'm a manager in a situation where I have my team and I want to know what motivates them so that I can really capitalize on that and support them, right? Because what motivates you is what's important to you. I know I, I would want to find that out and do a little exploration about it. And there's a question that you ask your staff, and I've heard you say it before, about kind of a best, a best Yeah, thing. what was the best thing that happened to you this week? What was the best thing that happened to you this week? Love it. And from that, I think I love that question so much because I think it opens up so many opportunities for the manager, the manager, the leader to get to know the person and what's important to them and what they saw as value and then be able to, to shape their behavior, meaning their own behavior. And how do I facilitate more of that? Whatever it happened that was so important, maybe it was a moment that you spent with one of your clients or your customers that just made you feel good, right? How can I maybe create more opportunities for that to happen so that as a team, you're getting what feeds your soul, we're moving things forward, and we can have that, that motivation. So I love that question. And then the second part to that is you can say, what was the worst thing that happened? If you could throw it in the trash and toss it out, what would it would be? And I think that that also gives valuable information. If it is, if they do give you something related to the work that they're doing, is there something you could do to support that? I love it. Or change it or help it or, or what was it? So you can ask those or you could just say what was the high of the week and what was the low of the week, right? There's different ways to say it and phrase it. And if you do use it, you should switch it up a little bit. So I love that. I, I, I love the second part even more because then you can really take action. And then you're adding in that supportive nature, which can kind of lend itself to more leading versus just managing and get to know those individuals and create deeper bonds and connections. Yes, the relationships. You said something to me earlier today about taking the time to create the relationships. And I think that it takes time and it takes yeah. effort, right? And I love this idea of the effort doesn't have to be a drain on your resources or your heart or your time. It can be as simple as that question and that little exchange to get to know your people more and what motivates them. I love that. I do think we should talk about the time though, because tell me about that. I think that I know for me, certainly earlier in my career, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go in and I'm going to get to know them and I'm going to execute this. And I'm like, two week time frame. No, <laughs> it's not how it goes. It's oh, like, you got to be patient, you know? So it's six months to, it depends. It depends what kind of person they are. It depends what kind of, if they're guarded, if they're not guarded, have they come from an organization that was not supportive? So everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. It's a good point. Building the time to build the relationship also builds the trust, right? So that's a very good point. And I have had even maybe situations in the not too distant past where I was going to build a relationship very quickly. It was really a transactional relationship because I wanted to get what I wanted. So yeah.
that. Good point. Very good point. Well, you need two willing parties. That's a that's a very particular situation, but that's that's for another day. Another episode. Write that down. Write that down. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and please visit our website for resources at theproject-biglove.com. Be sure to like, share, rate, and leave a positive review. And if you don't have anything positive, no worries. You can skip that part. As always, questions and stories to share are welcome at theproject.biglove at gmail.com. Now for our legal disclaimer from Dr. Johnston. Best practice for change management is to be sure all parties are informed. Please be sure you discuss with your leaders or supervisors any ideas from our podcast today that you might like to use in your organization before implementing.